Hey there, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. My guest today is Alicia Monique, who is a salon coach and product development consultant. She helps teach solid business foundations and structure so that hairstylists can achieve big goals. So whether you want to hire a salon manager, maybe you want to open your own salon with multiple locations and retire from the chair with ease and profitability, Alicia is going to teach you how systems and strategy can get you there. So we're going to talk about different paths in the beauty industry, the top three systems to introduce as soon as possible into your beauty business, how to really connect with your vision, and also how getting specific is going to change your life and your business forever. We're also going to touch on how to take the first step if you have dreams of creating your own product line. So Let's dive in, but before we do, I just have to ask something of you. If you love the Hairstylist Rising podcast and you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, please leave a rating and review. Tell me what you love, your favorite topics, and anything you want me to cover on the podcast. Your reviews help more stylists discover Hairstylist Rising. And if you have a friend who is a hairstylist, send it to them. Hit the send this episode button and go and shoot it over to them in a text or on Instagram, because after all, friends don't let friends miss out on personal and business growth. All right, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode and meet Alicia. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great to be here and start this conversation. (laughs) I love the topics that you're talking about. And I was even just skimming through your Instagram feed before this talk. And I love the messages that you're putting out there. So I can't wait to talk to you today about, because I know you're going to cover, we're going to talk about starting a product line. We're going to talk about introducing systems into your business and all that good stuff for salon owners and hairstylists. So Before we get started, would you mind just giving my listeners an intro to who you are, how you got into the beauty industry, and what you're doing today? Absolutely. You guys are in for a treat today. So I am Alicia Monique. I am a salon coach and hair product development consultant. I partner with salon owners and salon suite stylists to help you build a solid business foundation and structure so that you can hire a salon manager, open multiple locations, and retire from the chair with ease and profitability. And actually, I got into this business on accident. Like many of us little kids running around playing with doll babies and then they turn with playing turn into playing your friend's hair and then next you know you're doing your mom's friend's hair 
And long story short, it's like, just go to beauty school and like make this an actual career. Because instead of it being a side hustle, your side hustle, my side hustle as a hairstylist was making me more money than my actual real jobs that I was having. Yeah. So I, (laughs) right. I turned this into a career like full fledged, but not just that, like being in the beauty industry, it was all about what are the lanes that I can partake in to continue to advance my career? So I was a salon owner. I was an educator for Matrix. I worked on film sets, completed in com- competed in competitions, worked in magazines, worked with celebrities. All of that's in the beauty industry. And I'm probably forgetting a couple things, but <laughs> it's so many avenues in this industry that we're in that I was like, okay, I want to see down what's what's down every single road. And ultimately retiring from the chair, I no longer do hair. It was all about coaching, all about giving back now. So getting all that knowledge I have is like, okay, now how can I push it back out to my fellow beauty professionals and help the next person grow? And falling in love now as a salon coach is where I think I'll spend the rest of my career at. I love that. There's so many parallels in our stories, I think, when, you know, when it comes to coaches and entrepreneurs in the beauty industry. And I love hearing your story. I just want to highlight something you said there, because I think it's so important that there's so many lanes that you can choose. There's so many different paths to success and to finding fulfillment in this industry. And that is one of my favorite things about the evolution of our industry today is that it's no longer a linear, like if you want to be successful, you do this, this, and this, and that's when you'll make, that's when you'll know you've made it. It's so individualized and there's so many options, which is something that I am a huge fan of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause if you think about it, like, We don't really, when you start out in beauty school, your first option is I'm just going to get into a salon and I'm going to do hair. Mm -hmm. Well, when you realize like the favorite shows that you're watching, someone had to do their hair. Totally. And when you go to these trade shows, you see everyone up on stage teaching you about a new product, about a new hair technique. And I've adapted the mindset of how did they do that? I want to figure out how did they do that? How did they get on stage? How did they get the work with the hair behind TVs? How does that celebrity hair look great or look horrible? Like I was always the one trying to figure out how they do that. And I think curiosity is really the first step, isn't it? To figuring out what you want to do is just like, how did they do that? Would I want to do that? How can I carve out my own little niche and my own little path in this industry? I think that's beautiful. Exactly. Yes. It's amazing. It really is. So I know that kind of bringing this back to a few of the things you talk about here. So one thing that a lot of my, you know, my coaching students and all of those things come to me with and hairstyles in the industry is like creating time in their schedules, right? Because they want to be able to create, you know, get curious and figure out what it is that they want to do. But a lot of the time, once you get into the industry, it's like you're so busy behind the chair and doing the thing that I think that some of that curiosity can go away and get replaced with burnout. And I know that 
one of the things that you talk about is creating systems so that you have that white space in your schedule. So can you talk a little bit about that, about how, you know, systems can help you create the time to pursue things that you're passionate about? Absolutely. One of the things that I like to tell every stylist that is in the industry, just now starting in the industry, or I don't care how long you've been in the industry, is to actually never forget that vision you had going in. Revisit what that vision was, because we all jumped in this industry with a purpose. We all jumped in with a passion. We all had a vision that we wanted to pursue. And sometimes when you hear so much of putting your systems together, putting this process together, it stems back to what your vision is. Your system is not going to flow right if you have no idea what you want to do. And you don't have your systems aren't going to flow right if you forgot what was the purpose of you jumping in this industry? Because you get so wrapped up in your daily activities that you forget the longevity of your career. You forget what that five-year goal is and it's 10, 20 years later. You're like, I have no idea what that five-year goal is. So the first thing that I want you to do, if you're feeling like, I just don't, I, I don't know where to start. I, I just can't figure this out. If you could just spend 30 minutes and this could be 30 minutes after your long day in a salon, just thinking, thinking about what your vision was grab a sheet of paper, write down what your vision was. And if you only got 30 minutes, just write for the whole 20 minutes because it's going to take you some time to get that thought process going. Take 20 minutes and just write. And it doesn't matter what you write. All of this is your vision. And you're going to take take the next day to read over what you wrote because you probably wrote it at the end of the day, 10 o'clock, finishing clients and probably was a little delirious. So I need you to go back and read that again. And as you're reading it right now, Keep writing for another 30 minutes until this vision becomes clear. And what I mean by clear is I mean that your vision actually has some end dates in it. It has by this time, I'm going to be specifically here. Like you're speaking specifics into your vision. I'll give you an example. A general vision could say five years from now, I want to own my own salon. That's a general vision. Mm -hmm. A more specific vision can say five years now, from now, I want to own a 1,200 square foot space, four station salon with having a minimum of two stylists in it myself. And within that next year, I'm going to find another full-time stylist, then going to expand within two years of having a full-time salon. But at that point, my brand will be well-known in my community. We would have done two community give back events coming up on our salon anniversary. That is a clear vision because we can clearly see these things happening. Mm -hmm. When your vision is general, we can't really see it. So we forget. So we go back into our daily activity of servicing the clients because we have bills to pay and because we're trying to get to our next level. Well, your vision is your next level. And we have to define that because the systems that you create, such as having your online booking system, such as having your your back bar system, knowing um, how much you're spending on these retail back bar products to service your clients. Mm -hmm. Since I mentioned retail, retail is another one of your systems that you have in place. Mm -hmm. You have your client retention system. 
you have your employee retention system. So there's a number of systems that you need in order to make your operation run smoothly, but it all starts with a clear and concise vision. Ooh, I love that you say that because I think that's that's the problem, right? Is sometimes if it's too vague, then it's easy to get caught up because you're like, I think that we all in our heads, like five years is a long time, right? So I think that we think, okay, well, it's five years from now. This is what I want to do. So then you're not actually taking any action steps. Whereas if you get really specific, then you can kind of see the path a little bit clearer so that you can start actually taking steps towards that really specific vision. So I think that's really, really great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. And I see, you know what? I talk to so many salon owners and stylists, and this is where it all starts. Like when when I'm on um, a rapid growth call, I do free rapid growth calls. When I'm on the call, I ask, what's your, what's your five-year goal? And the five-year goal is so, it's just vague. And then I'll backtrack and say, okay, what's your one-year goal? One year from now, what will we have accomplished? And that's just as vague because you figure we can see a year better than we can see five years. But even the year's goal is, well, I just don't want to be where I am right now. Right. And I get that. Nobody wants to be where they are right now a year later because then you feel like, well, I'm running this rat race. I'm just, I'm not going anywhere. But if you can at least put something specific in that year goal, and it could be something specific, say, I just need to attend one show for this whole year. Mm -hmm. I just need to go, go to one show, whether it's virtually attend a show, whether it's physically attend a show and sharpen this specific skill. That's your entire goal for the whole year. So then your action behind that goal is to find where the shows are, where are the virtual events are that you can sharpen this skill at and then starts, you know, writing down how much this going to this event or going to this virtual event is, is investment is going to be. And then what that investment is, break that investment down to start saving to get to that event or attend that virtual show. While the moment you find it, though, the first step is to block it off on your calendar, because if we don't block the time in our calendar, you're going to find every excuse on why you missed that show or couldn't go to it. So the moment you find it, block it off in your calendar and then start planning on how to get there. And just that specific goal could be your want just for this entire year. You're like, that's all I got time for this year mm-hmm. is to just get a little bit of education so that I can start to elevate myself. And that's really going to build your confidence too, because I think that's the main thing, right? Sometimes when you've set really vague goals and then they don't happen because you didn't really know how to make them happen because they were too vague, (laughs) then it can, you know, it can hit your confidence a little bit. So I think what you just described, getting really specific and getting actionable on those goals, once you accomplish it, you're going to have that feeling of accomplishment. So it's going to build confidence for hitting the bigger goals or the next goal in your future. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, something that really just came up for me when you were talking about like the systems and goal setting is, is that a lot of it seems to be about being proactive instead of reactive. And I think that as entrepreneurs, we can spend a lot of our time like putting out the little fires and, you know, just, just really getting, almost getting through the day to day 
if you don't have the systems to back you up. Exactly. You become you become so involved in the daily activity, as you mentioned, that the burnout starts to creep in. Because like you said, you're being reactive. And if you're reacting to today, at the end of the day, it's like, whew, I made it through the day. Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's go home. Let's reboot because yeah. I got to make it through tomorrow. And exactly. that's how burnout creeps in. Like I'm speaking from experience now because that was me at one point. I'm like, oh my God, I made it through the day. My feet is hurting. I haven't eaten. Yeah. And I'm, I don't even know whether I'm hungry or not because I'm kind of past the hunger stage a little bit. Totally. I just want to lay down <laughs> and you just get up and you do it again. Oh yeah. I've definitely been there too. Like both in my journey as a stylist, when I first started my independent journey. And then also when I started my online business, cause it's very, you know, at the beginning of something, it's, it's very reactive until you're like, okay, a lot of the time it comes to that point, right. Where it's like you hit burnout and then you're like, okay, I better get some systems. So I hope that when, if you're a stylist who's listening right now or a salon owner and you haven't hit that burnout yet, but you are still like putting out fires and being very reactive now is a really good time to start to prevent that feeling in the future because it's coming. <laughs> I don't think there's any Absolutely. getting around it. <laughs> None whatsoever. So I have a question for you then. If you are, so if, if my listeners are listening and being like, okay, I know that I need systems. I'm very much relating to this making it through the day description because I know a lot of us are there. They don't teach you any of this stuff in beauty school. So there's no shame in not being there yet. But what would you say is like the first most crucial system to start alleviating some of that reactiveness and some of that pressure? That is a really, really great question. And what I tell everybody is when you're getting down to the specifics of systems, start with your online, your online scheduling system. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times your burnout, your reactiveness, your rat race, for the lack of a better words, mm -hmm. comes from online where you have people who are trying to get appointments, they're not reading the rules of your website, mm -hmm. and you're running into too many clients or just hiccups because of that. Yeah. Or you're trying to implement certain policies where you don't really have a clear policy. Mm -hmm. And the guests are like, well, it said online, this, that, or the other. Well, mm -hmm. if you start there, it will alleviate some of the pressure that you get to experience in the salon every day. Yeah. With your guest saying, hey, I booked online, I couldn't get through. The website crashed. It did that, did this, that, or the other. Right. So I would recommend starting with your online. Like, look at your online presence. Look at how people are funneling through to you. Mm -hmm. Checking those mm -hmm. buttons, making sure buttons work. Making sure the words that you want people to read are the actual words. If you set a policy in place, let's enforce this policy. Yes. I see so many times salon owners is like, well, what do I do when people don't show? Well, what does your policy say? Yes. Well, it says, I'm like, well, you created it. How about you enforce that? Yeah. <laughs> if you say you're charging a 50% no show fee for the first 20 at, for, at the 20 minute mark, 
-hmm. when they're not there, then I need you to press the button. Totally. Like, press it. Yeah. And I think it's like, even just like little habits, right? So if you book online and that's how you book, I'll have people say things like, well, they text me anyway. That's okay at first, but what you got to do instead of being like, oh, they text me, I'll just book them in, text them back with, you know what? I've got, like, I think I've got something at this time, but here's my online booking. Like you can book it there. Like it's enforcing those systems too. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I tell everybody and I say, write a script. So here's what you can do for those of you who are out there listening. Open your notes right now in your phone. I don't care what type of phone you have. Android, Apple, find a notepad somewhere on that phone, right? Mm -hmm. Or text yourself. I text myself things a lot so that I can remember. Create the message, your response message. Mm -hmm. And it could be a general response message. You know how sometimes when you're reaching out to different online platforms that you're using, you're like, well, let me talk in the chat. And you get the bot and the bot is creating this. I need you to become a bot. Yes. So. The entire audience right now, I need y'all to become bots and I need you to create some automatic messages. When people are texting you, just as Jody said, hey, thank you for reaching out. I think there's appointment available. Hey, follow this link and check it out. Mm-hmm. Blanket message that you could text everybody, especially if you're accepting all the calls through your cell phone and you know you just woke up in the morning, you picked up that phone and it's like 15 messages. Yeah. I need you to become the bot auto reply to everybody, the same blanket message and go ahead on and start a great day. Yes. I love that. And I think that's particularly something that, you know, if you're transitioning over into online booking and you've been doing everything manually, it's important to understand and not get frustrated that it is going to take a minute to essentially train your clients on your new systems. And that's okay. It's just, you got to stick with it because they're like, like you said, people will read the website and maybe not really actually read the website and then be like, oh, I didn't know that this was what was happening, despite the amount of times you announce it. So I think just like sticking to that and expecting that there will be people who you need to like send gentle reminders to. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that introducing your system is wrong. It doesn't mean your clients are going to hate it. It just means it's a change and it might take a minute to stick. Exactly. Somebody, some, some of our guests need more training than others. Some uh, others will get it right off the bat Mm -hmm. and some will just take a little bit longer to get it. But the first place to start is for you to look on your online, go out as a visitor, like get another device Mm -hmm. and log in to your website from another device. That way you're not getting into your back end and look at it and actually schedule your appointment as if you was a guest so that you can go through that experience. Make sure that your policy reads the clearly. Make sure it's positioned where you want people to see it at. That way you can see what they see. So if they're saying, oh, I kind of saw it, but it didn't make sense. And I kind of, you know, just bypassed it and sent you the text. Yeah. Well, that's your cue right there. If they're saying it, it's not making sense for you to go out and make it make sense. Because they're probably not the only one that kind of bypassed that. There's probably some others out there that did it. So your online system is going to help you in the salon on your daily activity. The next system that I recommend that you look at after you're online is to jump into that back bar. Right. That back bar has 
is expensive, I must say. And <laughs> Definitely. And more so now than yes. ever. <laughs> yes. If you're not paying attention to the gallons of bottles that you have piling up that you haven't got to, gotten to use yet, but you continuously making other purchases because there are more product lines out there coming out and you must try all of these different lines, that back bar is costing you a pretty penny. Mm -hmm. So once we clear up this online daily activity, we got to go and look and see what's under this cabinet. We got to see how many half bottles of shampoo we have, you know, around here that we switch from. We got to clear up some of these open um, tubes of color and figure out a system to kind of use it. So your back bar is actually costing you more if you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. And I definitely have to clean that up. And it's okay if you want to try new things, but you got to have a try new things budget. Trying new things may not be in the budget for this month. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got to wait till next month where it is in the budget to try new things over there. So it's all right to try new things. But if you like, listen, I just spent about $1,000 already restocking everything for the month. I cannot try nothing new. I'm going to have to wait till next month when the expense for my back bar is a little bit lower. Right. So the best way to really track your back bar is to create, and a spreadsheet typically starts in our notebooks. I know it do. We write down things. We like writing down stuff. Yeah. And I get that. <laughs> so draw yourself a spreadsheet in your notebook and start tracking the amount of product you're buying, how much you're spending per month, and of what product you are purchasing per month. Because you may not purchase every item per month. You might only purchase a gallon of certain shampoos every month. So literally keep track of the things that you're purchasing every month Mm -hmm. and how much you're spending every month. And also too, you can inventory how much you use at the end of the week. So if you notice you just purchased at the beginning of the month, a gallon of shampoo and at the end of the week, oh, it's only about a liter left. Then you really got to look at, okay, are we I call it throwing shampoo down a drain (laughs) or are we really servicing this many clients? Because sometimes, you know, we get to that first shampoo and I'm going to tell everybody this because I tell all my clients this, that first shampoo do not need those six or seven or eight pumps. (laughs) Right. Remember when we remember first out of beauty, fresh out of beauty school, you used to pump so much shampoo and you're like, why is it not sussing? We don't need to do that on the first wash. We know that. We know that hair is not going to come clean. Get them first three pumps in there and rinse it out as fast as possible so you can start getting some of that buildup off. And then we can get to the good, good second shampoo. So your online system and your back bar system are two perfect places to start regulating the systems that you have in place and just seeing how you can improve them and improving them can just be how, how do you track the stuff? How do you monitor the things? Once you've created the spreadsheet on your notebook, you then can head over to like Fiverr or if you have someone else who is great in Excel, I love Google sheets as well. Take that notebook spreadsheet and actually create an actual real spreadsheet that you can use on an iPad or actual device. And once you do that, now you can hand the device over to a team member or to your receptionist and have them run the maintenance for you. And then you just look at it. I love that. 
So this is kind of a good segue, actually, because speaking of product and retail, I'd love to dive a little bit into creating your own product line, because I think that's a really interesting topic that is probably on the minds of a lot of stylists and salon owners who are like, what's next, you know? Exactly. So if you are in the growth stage of your business and you're like, okay, I'm building up, I I have my brand awareness, I have I understand who my client flow is, my team is looking great, I have retail, but I kind of want my own thing now. I always recommend when you're shifting from having a retail line to starting your line, I give one point. First of all, no one knows you. And second point, everyone's going to buy your product line that visits your salon because they love you. But ultimately, you have to consider or have to think about where do you want your product line to go? Where's the placement? Who do you want to have it? Who do you want to use it? Is your focus the stylist or is your focus the consumer's? These are the initial things that you have to think about when you want to develop a hair product line. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because once we begin to use other lines out there so much, we kind of get an understanding of what we want our product line to be. And this is exactly where you start. However, I must give you this tip. I tell everyone who wants to start a product line, to start solving the consumer problem first. Because as as a stylist, we know what to recommend. We know what everyone needs. Mm -hmm. But the line you're about to create, no one knows you and they really don't care what you think. They (laughs) want what they want. I'm just being, you know, they like you tell, you can tell the client all day long, hey, I think it's time for a haircut. And she's like, no. I'll just wait. And it's like a year later and you like, Hey, when are you going to get that haircut? Like it's really sweet. I'll just wait. Even <laughs> though you just want to snip it behind a chair. <laughs> Creating the so hair product, right. Creating the hair product is the same way because no one knows your product. So if you solve the problem of the consumer first, create a product for someone who does not want to cut their hair, even though you like, she just need to cut it. Create that <laughs> product first. Solve that problem, solve that problem. So now the next product that you want to create is your, is your creation. And they're going to buy into that because you solve, you solve their problem first. Mm -hmm. This is the best way to start developing your own hair product line. Well, and I think stylists have an unprecedented view into what hair problems that the consumer and their clients need solved, right? Because you have people in your chair day in, day out. So you know what the struggles are. You know where people, where other product lines are falling flat. So you've got a really great like insight into that. Absolutely. So if you really want to get down to the root of, I hear what my guests are saying, but I don't want to hear what my guests are saying. Or I hear what my guests are saying, but it's too many of them. Mm-hmm. What you can do is just create like a little survey box at your desk. And as they're processing or whatever wait period they may have, give them a little sheet of paper. 
you can create like a little sheet of paper that say, we at XYZ Salon would like to create a hair product line and we need your help. Ooh, Everybody good. wants to help. Yeah. Every, every guest wants to help. They want to feel like they were a part of your next big thing. Totally. So if you start with that, you, then you can ask them, what do you think or what product would you like to see us have first? We value your opinion and just have them write whatever they want to write, fold yeah. the paper, put it in a little box. Mm -hmm. At the end of the week, unfold all these papers and see what they say. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's a really good market research tip. I love that. So if you're a stylist, like what, what would your first, if, after you figured out kind of what you want to create and who you want to create it for and all of those like preliminary questions, is there like a first step to actually having it created? The first step to having it created truly is deciding what goes in the bottle. Typically, you want to find a manufacturer that you can kind of work with and get this going, but it's always best that you have some sort of idea on what you want in the bottle. And reason being is because they're going to ask you like, okay, so you want to develop a shampoo. What does it do? And the more detailed you can answer that question, mm -hmm. the sooner you can get a product developed. Right. If you literally, if you're more general, for example, saying, well, I kind of want to alleviate the scalp itch. Okay. Well, what is the scalp itch from? Is the scalp itch from maybe tenderness from the color being processed on their scalp? Do they have eczema? Do they have psoriasis? Do they have whatever they have? Mm -hmm. Is it from sweating in a gym that they itch? Do they only itch in the morning? So the more you can identify what this itchy scalp product is, right. when you approach a company, the more information that you're giving them and the more that the better that they can guide you on the type of product that yeah. you want to create. Ooh, I love this. And you know, I have to say, I really appreciate that at the basis of a lot of the, the way that you approach things is that really strong advice to get specific. Cause I think that's where so many business owners in general are led astray when they think that they have to be general and appeal to as many people as possible and do as many things as possible. And with your systems advice, with your product development advice, it all comes down to getting really specific and really focusing in on your vision. And I think that's really, really powerful advice for anyone who's listening to apply to any part of their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the more, the more information you can give someone, that's like saying, I know like sometimes during like prom season, mm -hmm. we want to get like a custom dress made. Mm -hmm. And when you're visualizing this dress, you have this whole, okay, I don't want sequences at the top. I only want them at the bottom. Because at the bottom, at the top, I want like pearls, but I want the pearls to be in butterfly shapes. Like the more details you can give the designer, the right. better your dress will come out. Yeah. It's the same for your hair product line. The more details you can give them, the better feedback you can get for the type of product that you want to create based on the problem that you're trying to solve. The less you give them when you get samples of the product, 
You're like, this sample is horrible. It's not doing what I wanted to do. It's not really working. Okay, we got to go back to the drawing board and start all over again. Mm-hmm. Whereas if the, the more information you can give them, when you do get a sample to test the product out, you like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's working. The only thing you may not like is the color or the smell. And those are minor adjustments so because true. the product is actually functioning. Yeah. I love that. This is so good. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and knowledge on this topic. Cause I think it's so fascinating and definitely something that, you know, I think we're always on, it's always on our minds in the beauty industry. Like what's next? What else can I do? What are these different avenues? So thank you for kind of shining some light on that. There was one last thing that I really wanted to ask you about, because I know this is kind of one of your signature methodologies, and that is the salon blueprint. So can we chat about that a little bit? This is one of your signature teachings. Absolutely. Yes. Well, the salon blueprint, I feel every, every salon has a unique blueprint. Blueprint meaning set of operations. Mm -hmm. Blueprint meaning how your salon business runs. You can have tons of salons around you. Every salon runs differently. What is your blueprint? And inside of your blueprint, it literally is what's your brand about? What is your structure about? How do you create a training program and employee retention? How do you have a hiring process? What is your retail structure look like? What is your marketing plan look like? When you have a salon blueprint, you could then focus on growth. So you can focus on developing the hair product line because you already have a retail structure and you already know how that operates. Mm -hmm. And another thing too, just to to, to piggyback a little bit or flashback onto product development, if you're not currently selling any retail, I recommend you start there because when you get your own product in your hand, because you spent so much money developing this hair product and you have not sold any retail at all, you're going to become a little bit overwhelmed on trying to get your product out there. So your blueprint consists of a retail structure, anybody's retail. It doesn't, I don't care if you sell the retail from the beauty supply store, Mm -hmm. you're creating a structure around a product You're creating a system on how you're supposed to sell this product and you're actually selling this product. So when you swap it out for your own, it's almost like, oh, we already know how to sell product. We already know how to inventory product. So we're just going to switch this out and add our own line to it. So your retail is one of, um, yes, one, a part of your blueprint. The final part of your blueprint is your marketing. You're going to spend the rest of your business, marketing your business. Yep. I speak this from experience. Like it was truly hard having a salon, figuring out how things are supposed to operate. Mm-hmm. But once I figured it out, I remember one time I went to a show and I left my entire team there and I came back early to the show and I'm like, let me ride by the salon. I miss my salon. And I went in and I was like, something is weird here. Mm-hmm. Like it was a weird feeling that I had when I walked in, not knowing what the feeling was. And when they came in a little bit later, they was like, you know, what are you, why are you here? Like you back too early. And I was like, I just came by. And they were like, well, since you're here, it's something that we have to tell you. And I was like, my heart just dropped. Oh God. And I was like, what is it? Right. 
They was like, no, nothing for you to be worried about. We had some issue with something was running around in the ceiling, but we took care of it and we went to, through the cleaning protocol and cleaned everything up and we're we're good. Everything is it's good. There's no need for you to worry about it. Right. And literally just hearing the words that I am good, there's nothing for me to worry yeah. about and that they took care of it. That's and I was like, so what did you use again? They was like, you had a cleaning protocol. I was like, right, I did. <laughs> so the front end work saves you a lot of stress and anxiety when things do happen. Yes. yeah. And I clearly, as I was setting how my business ran, I was literally creating standards of operation and putting every system together. And I would just leave it there. And I started putting it in a binder, not knowing that I was actually creating a blueprint. I was creating a blueprint. Right. So when I left, they followed it. And I was like, so my, I was literally like, so y'all really pay attention to what I be yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen to me? They were like, yeah, we listen to you. Like, yeah. And then they started saying other things. And I was like, so they listened to me. I was like, so having a salon blueprint works. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was like, okay, what else can I put in there? What else do I need to implement? Like what is missing in there? And when I finished and laid everything out, I was so confident that I can go teach at a trade show knowing that my salon would function without me. Right. Like my team had my back because yeah. they understood everything. And that's the importance of having a blueprint. And that's what I work with all salon owners and salon suite stylists to create so that you can go and focus on what's next. So you can focus on, okay, in 10, 15 years, I want to retire. Okay, well, let's go and focus on that. And without your blueprint, we can't really focus on that. I think that gives you some security too when you're, you know, with when staff changes happen or you're hiring or, you know, you want to, you know, bring someone else in, having that system in place and having that blueprint there is going to make it a lot easier for you to train and like integrate new hires into your salon's culture and into your salon structure. Absolutely. And if you sit down how you want everything to operate, it's definitely going to help out your new salon manager. It's like they're not they're not coming in to figure out how you run your business. They're coming in to help you run the business. So if you create your entire blueprint and show them the entire operation, that's just taking a whole load off of your back. Right. So even inside of the Salon Business Blueprint Club, I teach you how to lay down all of your systems and all of your processes. But along with that, if there's pieces that I know you need, like... I am not a bookkeeper or accountant. Right. So I partner with somebody who does bookkeeping and accounting specifically for the beauty industry to help you with that part. My extent of bookkeeping and accounting is telling you to go get QuickBooks and to write your numbers down, at least keep track of it. That's all I have for you. Another extension that I plugged in as well is building business credit because I feel like as you go through the growth phase, you need some sort of funding maybe in order to get this hair product line developed. So right. having business credit can actually get your hair product line underway. So I incorporate that element inside of your blueprint also. 
Ooh, I love that. So where can my listeners go to find out more about you? Where can they find you online? You can definitely find me on Instagram. Go over to Instagram and put in Alicia Monique underscore educator. If the avatar and everything on the page is blue, that is me. I say that because there are other Alicia Moniques. I recently Googled it and I was like, who is she? That's not me. So (laughs) head over to Instagram and put in Alicia Monique underscore educator. You can follow me on um, Facebook as well, Alicia Monique. Or you can just head over to my website at aliciamonique.com and you can get your resources over there as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I feel like this has been a value-packed episode. I'm sure that if someone was listening when they were driving, they're going to go home, listen again, and take notes because you shared so many actionable steps that people can take to actually get to the next step in their business. So thank you so much for being so generous with your knowledge today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if, as you're listening to this, you like, okay, I started a step and I got a question, go over to my website and schedule your free rapid growth call. They're about 45 minutes long. Just make sure you block off time in your calendar and let's discuss the part where you just need just a little bit more clarity in order to take complete action on it. I love that. And I'll pop a link to the show notes so that my listeners can easily find and chat with you if they're ready to take the next step. So thank you again for being here. And this has been really, really great getting to know you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.